last time on Four Orbs. In your mind, you all just heard... The Germans here! The shadow form that was hiding in the fake Bryn Talith fades into the darkness that now engulfs the Crimson Keep of Shandalin. You feel the stone tower shake and tremble as if an earthquake begins to disrupt the area. The skeletal remains of the real Bryn Talith still lay on the bed, grasping the black orb in his bony fingers. I'm grabbing it. When you take hold of the black orb, another more intense rumble shakes the keep. Charge forward at the, the bed. And as soon as you do, you see bows and arrows floating across the room. These animated bows and arrows unleash a barrage on all of you. A gust of wind erupts from my hands and I point it straight at the, the bows and arrows. And it gives you all a little bit of time to move across the room all together as a group. And you all rush out of the keep, bursting the doors open. You turn around and see the tower falling in on itself. Darkness is still all around you, lit up by the key of Kilnar. In your heads, you hear, You have not escaped yet. You turn around for a way out and see an elithid with long tentacles coming from his face, while his tentacles hold a hostage on their knees. And the hostage looks familiar. Papa! Uncle Ben! Let him go. I don't think you understand what you're dealing with here. Lower your weapons. And then a haze of black starts to form to the left of the Mind Flayer. A shadow assassin pops out of a portal along with another hostage. My brother, help me! And you all see Kurgle in the clutches of the shadow assassin. Kurgle, no! Give me the orbs. Get off of her! Lower your weapons. Five, four, Three. No, no, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Okay, all right. I'll put down Catherine. And I'll slowly put down Catherine. If, if you just, just let them go. Who has the orbs? We, we haven't even gotten to know each other or anything. What Do you really think your loved ones are safe? Any of you? I know your minds. And another shadow haze formed to the opposite side of the mind player. Looks to Astra. His eyes widen. Astra. My beautiful, beautiful daughter. Give me the orbs. Velomir, what if I do like a minor illusion? What if I make him think I have the orbs? Then maybe we can get away. I don't know if there's a way for everyone involved to get away. I'm sure you'd see through that trick. We have a hard decision to make here. Why do you need the orbs? Why do you need them this badly? Why should we give you such power? Asus belongs to Foreign, and we will help him take it. That's simply untrue. Yes, it's true. Sir, I, I went to college. I do believe- Enough! The shadow assassin thrusts the blade into the lungs and heart of Astra's father. <gasps> father? Give me the orbs. Uh, do you remember that time we stole that pig to eat? Yeah, we will eat today. You see Kurgle uppercut the shadow assassin's wrist, <gasps> breaking the threat of the blade to her throat. She drop kicks the shadow assassin into Yagir, interrupting his incantation. She then tumbles away and stands to her feet, puts her fist up, ready to fight. Give me initiatives. Sweet. Hell yeah. The four of you feel weird. Something just happened across all of time. A shift, it felt like. And then you look to Doroth, and he looks really bad. How's about a foyer bowl? That, Ooh, that could so, be good. So poetic. That so could be good. <laughs> <laughs> I do that. Defender wins, but he 
does take half damage. I'm going to just be honest with you. You need 19 damage to make this happen. 36. Mm. So that would be 18. Yes, what is it? And when I use a sorcery point. So a level three, level three fireball. He's dead. The killing blow on Yager causes the area to shake and tremble around you. A white, bright light of eldritch energy shines from cracks in his skin. He screams and wails in pain as the energy inside of him explodes, vaporizing his body. The shockwave from the explosion knocks all of you to the ground, unconscious. Doris, you wake up in a bed. You flutter your eyes open, sit up, and look around. This appears to be some sort of hospital ward. Then a door opens, and two people walk inside. Purgle and an old human man in a robe. What happened? Your keen hearing catches the roar and applause of a crowd echoing through the city. The mage says, Ah, oh, yes, the sun is setting to the final performance of the Summer Quantal. <laughs> I'm sorry, you've been in a coma for about a week now. It's the final performance in the Festival District. You see, what we've done is we've set up echo chambers all around the city so that all two million people in Chandelin can hear the final performance. Uh, yes, we really wanted Loric Hyros to be heard by everyone. And then you hear... Leather boots pitter-patter against the cobblestone streets of Chandelin. Our little-known bard, Doroth, rushes through the city streets. The music of Loric Kairos can be heard through the entire city as echo chambers that the Wizard's Rainbow set up blare Loric's show for all the citizens of Chandelin to hear. Doroth, the sun has set and the night sky is dampened by the lights of the city. As you run the streets to the source, you pass by taverns where patrons sing along to Loric's renowned songs. Children skip and hop from alleys, playing games cheerfully to the music. A woman hanging clothes to dry from a balcony hums along loudly as if it was muscle memory. This is your nightmare. As you are running to the sound source, is there anything you want to do? I would definitely like to run through the streets like a hipster and be like, I've never heard this song. Have you ever heard this song? Oh, I don't like this band. This band's not cool. Sorry, I don't, I don't listen to this band. I'll listen to some more more indie stuff. I wouldn't listen to something that's blaring over the whole city. What kind of hive mind shit is that? And make sure I try to let people hear me as much as I can. You break into a festival square as you follow the sound. The square is roughly two football fields large. People are packed shoulder to shoulder in this festival square. Loric Hyros' music fills the square in an almost deafening way as the audience sings along. And as the song ends, you see Loric on stage walk over to a piano. A magical light shines down from the night sky as he sits at the piano bench. The rest of the stage goes dark. And then Loric's voice echoes loudly across the square. All right, Chandelin. 
This has been a fantastic time. I hope you've enjoyed yourselves as well. This will be my final song, and maybe I'll make my way around here next year for the Summer Quantel 726. And then he starts singing. And the crowd echoes the tune in a call and response. I can't help but think I've heard this somewhere before from me. <laughs> how does he know that I say this? Where? How did this happen? Has he ever saved the world? I did it twice. These people know who he is. I should kill every single one of them. Spell for this, I'm sure. Thirty six hours later, Finch, you fall into an endless darkness. It is tormenting you. Then there's a swirling of bright colors, a beam of light. You're in the light traveling with the beam. Chism Rhythm. The chaos portal has been through many tests now. You blink. Heltron stands over you smiling. Kristoff protects it. And then you fall through the ground into the endless dark again. Then swirling bright colors. Then a beam of light. Then into the beam. Then Chism Rhythm. The chaos portal has been through. Blink. Heltron. Darkness. Lights. Beam. Chismrism. The chaos portal has been Christoph protects it. Darkness. Lights. Beam. Chismrism. The chaos portal. Christoph protect. Darkness. <laughs> Darkness. Lights. Beam. Felomir. You wake up and see Felomir in a bed near you. A window between you has the sun rising on the horizon. Felomir's gray skin on his tiefling form looks rough. Aging blemishes on his cheeks and neck, the horns cracking, wrinkles in every spot of his skin. His eyes are sagging. His hands look more withered than the last time you saw him. He does sleep calmly, though, but you're not sure what happened. Then a door opens. Oh, hello. You're finally awake, I see. Yeah, I, th I was having some crazy dreams or something, but yeah, how long have I been out? Uh, let's see, it's been nine days since we took you in? Wow, I'm gonna maybe try and sit up. You uh, sit up in bed, she says. Well, I guess I should introduce myself. I'm sure you don't know me. My name's Tilda. I am the master of the School of Healing in the Evocation Division. You six have been in quite a state. I'm just here to change out some of your bandages, though. Okay, uh, thank you. Uh, look around the room. Are any of my other companions in this room, or is it just... It's just you and Felomir right now. Uh, where, where are my, my other friends at? Uh, well, let's see. The uh, little gnome ran off two nights ago. He woke up, and then he heard that the festival was still going on, so he rushed outside the door, and haven't seen him since. Okay, so he's okay. Good, good. And then uh, Astra and Keth, they uh, went off somewhere to meet with somebody. I'm not really sure. Astra got a letter. Interesting. Well, I'm just happy to hear that my friends are doing okay. And I'll look over at Felmer. How was he? Well, he's doing fine. Um, I mean, as good as someone in his state could be, his age. I don't really know how he's alive right now. He's had a long journey. She walks over to you and pulls back your blanket, and then you see that you have bandages on your legs and arms, and then you feel your head, and you actually have one on your head as well. That has nothing to do with your eye. 
and she goes for the one on your head first and unravels it, and you just feel like a scar right here on your head. And then she says, I bet you're wondering why a school of magic isn't using magic to heal you, huh? Uh, yeah, I was beginning to wonder that. Well, you know, your body heals itself. So sometimes it's just best to let the body do its thing, especially when you're passed out for days like you have been. Hmm. Well, you would know best, I suppose. So. And then she starts to continue wrapping her head. Trying to like wiggle my toes, make sure my feet still work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you are not pre- you're not paralyzed, so Sweet. that's good. As she like finishes tying off the bandage on your head, she says, Well, looks like your tiefling friend is waking up now. How splendid. Finch, you turn to the other side of your bed, and you see Philomir starting to sit up in his bed. Philomir, I'm going to kind of like reach an arm out. Like, I assume we probably can't reach each other, but just to kind of like... You touch fingertips. Yeah. <laughs> E.T. <laughs> oh, Finch, good to see you. And I'm going to, I'll uh, reciprocate his <laughs> reach towards me. Wow. What happened? Where are we? You're in the uh, school of healing at the medical ward here at the Wizard's Rainbow. Oh, good. Good. How how do we get here? You uh, see this lady that is changing bandages on his on Finch's arm, and she looks over to you and says, uh, "You were knocked out in something, some kind of fight at the Crimson Keep, and then right the Sentinel guards found you, and then they called upon us, and we kind of extracted all of you out of there." Okay, that sounds that sounds good. So we 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 won, or something. I don't know if you won, but we didn't lose. Maybe. I believe we defeated Yakir, but I don't know if we've won. She turns her eyes away, not knowing what you're talking about, and just continues on the bandage. Uh, where's everyone else? Tilda was saying that Doroth left a couple days ago uh, while the festival is still going on, and uh, that Keth and Astra left, I guess, sometime shortly after that. Yesterday and, uh, morning. Yesterday morning, Astra got a letter, she says. Oh, that's, that's good. I'm glad they're safe, and I would probably just, like, leaning up just my head a little bit, saying all this, and then I would just lean my head back down and keep my eyes closed, because I'm still real tired. Yeah. And as you lay back down, Philomir, a man walks into the room, and then Tilda looks behind her and sees who's walking in and says, Oh, hello, Darren. Looks like the last of our patients are getting up. Very good. Very good. Just in time, too. Finch, is it? Uh, yes. Yes, sir. Uh, looks like you might uh, be the only one in the city to handle this right now. There's hundreds of birds with messages wrapped to their feet, perched all over the debris at the Crimson Keep. Uh, the birds keep running from people, I guess because we're not Crimson Command and how to train them and stuff. You might want to head down there to retrieve those messages. I haven't been able to find any other command in the city to handle it. Yeah, no, as he says, like, all the birds and stuff, like, I'm going to, like, sit up even straighter, like, really, the birds? And, wow. Okay, yes, yes, please. Uh, how, how much longer do I have to be in this bed? Let me finish up these bandages, and uh, you can go on your way, I guess. Fantastic. And, and what, about, what about Felomir here? Is, is he ready? Can, can he leave with me? Or? I mean, if you're feeling up to it, sure. I'll just have to change some of your bandages as well, if you don't mind taking the time. Oh, of course, yes. Uh, I'm definitely going with Finch. And you can see me, like, noticeably struggling to sit up. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yes, I feel great. Uh, let's uh, get a move on, then. She uh, finishes up a leg bandage on you, Finch, and then heads over to you, Felomir, and starts to change yours. And uh, you are able to leave if y'all are wanting to leave. Uh, yeah, I would just gather my things as best I could and be ready to follow Finch. I'm still pretty out of it, I would say, so I'm just, wherever Finch leads me, I'm following. Okay. I'll ask uh, 
Tilda, before we go, do you have like a, do you guys have coffee or anything like that? Oh, sure. I can get you some tea. Tea would be great. Thank spotted you. Spotted tea? Are you okay with spotted tea? Spotted tea, Velmir? I just nod my head. Yes, we'll take some spotted tea to go. Thank you so much. All right. I'm trying to perk this guy up. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty-four hours earlier, it is the morning after the summer quantal has ended. The sun is rising. Keth, you are sitting in the medical ward here in the Wizard's Rainbow compound in Shandlin. You sit in a chair next to Astra, monitoring her sleep and recovery. Finch and Philomir are asleep in their beds as well. You woke up around midnight. It was quiet. You sat up in bed and saw Finch, Philomir, and Astra in beds around you. They seemed to be in recovery. There were four other beds in the room that were empty. And then something spooked you. To your right, in the shadows, Purgle was sitting in a chair, snoring. You got out of bed, gently shook her awake, and then she immediately stood up and hugged you. The two of you then exited the room to catch up quietly. And not eight hours later, Astra stirs in her sleep as you sit next to her in bed. Her eyes flutter open. Uh, Astra, you're awake! I'm just going to blink several times. Keth? Yeah, it's, it's me. I'm just going to look kind of side to side. Where where are we? We're, we're in a medical ward. A medical ward? What happened? Well, don't... You you don't remember, do you? The, the fight? Yager? And the realization's just going to, like, slowly come over my face, and I'm just going to stay silent. Y'all sit silently for a moment, and then the door opens. Hi, I'm Tilda. Nice to see you awake, Astra. I was coming to change out you and your companion's bandages. Looks like, though, you're awake now. Oh, hello. Well, Astra, it's been about eight days since you've been knocked out. You were brought here. Been in a coma the whole time. That's a long time, man. We must have really sustained some energy or some (laughs) some injuries. Yeah. We, sometimes whenever we have the chance, we like for our patients to heal themselves instead of, you know, relying on magic to do it. Some more natural way of healing. It's actually better for you. Did you put us in the coma? Oh, no, we found you in a coma. You were knocked out. Okay. I'm just going to (laughs) shrug. Well, if you don't mind, sit up for me. You have some bandages on your back that I'd like to change. I'll sit up. I'll uh, I'll look around and notice that uh, Doroth is not there, right? And I'll say, uh, where's Doroth at? Oh, he ran off a full night ago. Where'd he go? It was the last night of the festival. I think he was really excited about going to see it since he woke up. Oh, yeah. Uh, Loric Hyros was playing. It's everybody's favorite. I'll uh, I'll just shrug and say, oh, uh, that, that makes sense. He was really excited about the Quantal. Uh, Our other companions? Is everybody else okay? Well, it looks like your human and tiefling friends here are still working on recovering. They'll need a little bit more rest, probably, to get moving. Okay, well, glad that we're all okay. And I'm just going to kind of slump. You kind of lean forward, and she's working on your bandage on your back. And um, eventually, the door opens up, and you see a man walk in. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, Darren. I'm uh, checking on Ashra's condition this morning. Looks like she's good to go. Well, that's good, because she just received a letter. I'm sorry, a a letter? Yeah, it looks like somebody knows you're here. Um, looks like the Mayan Rail, named for Patreon supporter Damien Rail. Uh, okay. Here you go. 
Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he hands you a letter, and you unfold it. Astra Ferris, I humbly request your presence here at the Ever Sanctum in the Gold District when you awake. I was notified that you have arrived in the city, but it sounds like I may have missed my chance to warn you of the city's threat. It appears he has already attacked you. If you wake up, please be sure to visit me as soon as you can so that I can give you more information on this hostile being. Your friend in arms, Mayan Rail. I'm just going to look at Keth and hand it to him. I'll just kind of like tilt my head and, and read through it. Who Who is this? I have no idea, but I guess we should go find out and hope that it's not a trap. The uh, door opens up again and you see a familiar face. Oh, you're awake, Astra? Yeah, she finally woke up, Kurgle. <laughs> glad to see you, Astra. Hey, Kurgle, it's great to see you. I'm glad Ooh, you're okay. Uh, Did Kath write you a love letter? No. <laughs> it's not like that. <laughs> That's weird. Don't be weird. I don't know what's between you two. No, it's from somebody. Do you know somebody named Mayan Rail? No. Somebody that wants to meet me, I don't... Darren speaks up. Oh, Mayan Rail, he's the uh, he's the sovereign Archon. He teaches all the Archons all about their duties. What's an Archon? Um, the Archons are assistants to the Chancellors here in Chandlin, and Somar, and Porthaven. What do the Chancellors do? Uh, they're like the Council to the King. There's 27 of them total. Chancellors, that is. And then if you multiply that by three, that's that, that's how many archons there are. This guy teaches all the archons. <laughs> you do the math. Yeah, you're totally about to go for it, and then you're like, and that's how many you would have. <laughs> I'm just trying to, like, count up on my fingers how many it is. Shrug. Okay, thank you. Um, well, Kath, I guess let's go meet this person. Oh, where are we going? Oh, that was Kurgle. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Darren. I was like, that's not his voice. <laughs> I was so confused. The Ever Sanctum in the Gold District? Sounds kind of cool. Do I know what that is? Actually, yeah. You have city secrets. You know you know Chandelin. It's yeah. just a temple for the for the guardians, for all guardians. Okay. I know where that is if y'all want to come with me. I'd like to. Oh, let's go. Um, I'm going to look at the nurse... Uh, where's our stuff? Uh, it's right here. And then you point, she points like to a little chest next to you, like a little drawer and all your stuff's inside. Okay. Thank you. Um, are, are we free to go? Oh yeah. We, you're not a prisoner or anything. Of course. <laughs> I just meant, are, are we okay to go? I mean, if, if you feel up to it, then yeah. Okay. I'd maybe, you know, walk around a little bit before you start taking to the streets, but. Sure. I kind of worried about Doris. He never really took a chance to recover. Yeah, we'll have to see if we can't find him. Might have a spell for that. Um, I'm gonna start kind of slowly getting up and getting ready and I'm going to dress in armor. Okay. Because I don't know who to trust anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'll do the same uh, if I'm not already in my gear. Um, Gurgle is already dressed like her normal self, and you. but you do see that she's added an additional sword to her side, a pirate-like cutlass, and uh, she does have her flintlock on a holster to the side, and she says, Oh yeah, I got all suited up recently. These wizards helped me get everything I need. I woke up like four days ago. I've been waiting for y'all to wake up for a while now. 
Oh, what, what did I help you get? Well, I got this cutlass, and she like unsheaths it in a really dangerous, dangerous way. way. <laughs> and then the alchemist made some gunpowder for me. I told him what it was made of, and then I was like, I don't know what the specific ratios are, but they figured it out. Oh, that's awesome. News flash, Kurgle knows the word ratio. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, be careful with that. And I'll just kind of like lower her arm <laughs> that's holding the cutlass. Oh, you'll be all right. It's just dustling. <laughs> Well, I might be, but Finch might not. You're, you're right over his bed. Oh, he's taking some bigger hits than that. As I'm getting changed from whatever, I guess, like, gown sure. or whatever that I'm, I'm wearing, um, I'll, like, reach into it and be like, Oh, oh, I forgot about this. Here's, here's your little buddy, Oystrich. Oh, Oystrich. Yeah, they were uh, taking care of him. Is he awake? Yeah. I'm going to speak to him um, in my mind. Are you okay? Oh, hey, Astra. <laughs> you're back. <laughs> Is that his voice? I don't remember. It sounds close enough, yeah. This, that's, this is the Hi, new oyster. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Aspen. Hey. What's going on? He's just a blue hedgehog with red shoes on. Every time he takes damage, it's like... Yeah. You got any chili dogs? Yeah. yeah, thanks. I'm glad, you know, we're all okay. I'm glad you're okay. Did you see what happened? Why we all passed out? Oh, I passed out too. Well, how long have you been awake? Uh, seven days? Seven moons? Seven suns? Maybe eight suns. Today's the eighth sun. Okay, well, glad you're okay. And I'll just kind of nestle him on my shoulder while I'm getting ready. He cuddles all into the cloth of your, like, cowl or something. And, uh, y'all head out? Yeah. All right. Hey there, companions. We're finally back and adventuring again with our main characters. Hope you've enjoyed the episode so far. I know it's been a while since we heard from our five heroes, and I'm sure you are anxious to get moving again. But real quick, some housework. You know the spiel. Drop some Apple Podcast reviews. Follow us on social media, blah, blah, blah. You know, everything I'm always asking you to do. And if by this point you haven't done it yet, you and me have problems. But not, you know, real problem. I don't know. This is a bad joke, whatever. You know I love you for just tuning in, but if you have the time, consider dropping a review and checking us out on social media. But hey, this is what I really want to talk about. So as you know, Act 3, The Law of the Land, ended with a large scripted episode that took a lot of work, not only by me, but by volunteers from the podcast community. The episode, The Equilibrium, I keep thinking may have been my peak from a production standpoint, but I have a lot of people to thank for it. From here on, I'm going to be dropping promos on episodes for podcasts that uh, took part and volunteered in that project. And I really want to highlight this person because she was essential to the process. She helped me write the scripts. She edited my awful ones and even wrote some of them herself. Diana Deli, who is the DM of Multiclass Theater, volunteered to do so much and it truly would not have been as good as it was without her. She also read Narani's lines and not only her, but two of her players, Matt and Rachel, who played the Wizards Rainbow Acolytes and Dwarves in Ladrelden, also took part in the episode. Matt and Rachel have become part of the Multiclass Theater podcast as well, so from that one podcast, we had three people help out Orbs, and I was so happy to have all of them on. If you're all caught up on Orbs and looking for another actual play to try out, they might be a good fit for you, so try Multiclass Theater out. Here's their promo. Hello, I'm Diana. I'm Mike. I'm Amanda. And I'm Adam. 
Together, we are Multiclass Theater, a brand new actual play podcast. We tell collaborative stories in an original setting with colorful characters using Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. Don't forget about our strange voices. Oh, well said, Groover. Ugh, Rotan, don't encourage him. I think you're all nuts. Multiclass Theater is available wherever you download your podcasts. I think that went pretty well. Yeah, we're done here. Let's go. So do we get paid now? You are all amazing. Now get out of my office. As you break into that familiar square of the Crimson Keep, the wall around the compound still stands. The pile of debris can be seen as it stands taller than the wall. You can see ravens, sparrows, and pigeons all about the debris, even from here. Oh, man, look at this destruction. Try and see if I can call one of the birds that has a message to me just to kind of see what's on. From outside the compound? Oh, we're not in there yet? Well, as we're walking, I'm going to start a conversation here. Uh, Felomir, I, I, had, I had more visions as, as I've been out for however many days we've been out. And I, I kept... Or maybe they just repeated their their repetitions of the same vision I previously had with the Chaos Portal and Hellstrone telling me Kristoff is the one protecting the blue orb. I'm not sure if the Chaos Portal is the answer or if you know more about Kristoff. Uh, at this point, I will be finishing the last of my spotted tea. Uh, wait, you had more more visions? Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think it was a new vision. I, I think it was, like, just catching more glimpses of that vision I had previously when we were in the Lemon Hut. The one on the way here to Chandelin, right? Correct, yes. Where, where I saw Helltrone and I, and I saw Chisholm Risen with the Chaos Portal and that, that half-elf woman. And it was just, I guess, recurring to you while you were, while you were out? The entire vision was almost just on repeat I, for all those days we were out, unconscious, just over and over and over. And, yeah, I, I've I got to find Kristoff, I guess, if that's possible, or his lands, or, I don't know, his people. Maybe there's an imbalance somewhere. Well, there's definitely that. I mean, it sounds like maybe the the key points, if I recall your vision correctly, to take from it would be the blue orb. Seems pretty important. Yes. And I guess the chaos portal? At this point, I feel like it's got to be tied to it. Does Kristoff have anything to do with chaos? No. I mean, Kristoff is the the guardian of law, which doesn't really have anything to do with chaos. Perhaps I can, uh, w- once we sort all of this business out, and I'll motion towards the keep. Okay. Perhaps we can do some research on Kristoff on himself, or maybe find a way to contact Chism Rism and see what he has to say about it. Yes. Yes. But uh, this seems a little more pressing at the moment, as I, like, sidestep some, like, bird poop. Oh, wait, well, you haven't made it into that. Oh, well, yeah, some bird poop outside the wall. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you sidestep some bird poop on the road. Yeah. And, and I'll just... Uh, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll look more in, in, into Kristoff after this, and we'll start moving again. Okay. So you move towards that gate where you first walked in the first time. The gate is damaged, so it can't close, and it's not locked, but there seem to be guards posted at the two gates around the compound. Sentinels, that is, in gold armor with gold spears and whatnot. So just like city guard? Yeah. Okay. I'll give them the Crimson Command salute say, good morning, men. Well, good morning. I'm Flynn Finch Cartwright. I am Master Scout of Aces. I need to try and tend to some business on, on the property here. 
Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you come on through. Do you have any uh, identification? I'll pull out my medallion. Recognize that um, from the captain before here. Yep. And the, the, <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> this is my good friend uh, Felomir. He's going to be joining me. I will nod. All right. Well, come on through. And as you walk through the gates, there are nearly two hundred birds in the area. They like peck at the ground for worms, and they just kind of linger on stone, just kind of looking around, waiting for anything. Okay. And they all have like messages tied to them. Every single one of them has a message tied to their foot. Are there okay. cages anywhere for birds? Is there like a desk or a filing cabinet? <laughs> Anything I can use to start like? We'll say that there's probably like a desk that's been damaged that you can kind of turn over and, and get and get like a little bit of a working space. Sure. All right, I'm gonna try and do that. And uh, all right, uh, film here. I'm gonna start trying to. See, you said the birds won't go to anyone else. They weren't going to anybody else, according to the guy at Wizards Rainbow that told you. Okay. Well, they told me that no one else could uh, gather these birds. Let's see if you can call one. All right. Uh, I'll walk a little, a few steps further in. Okay. And just, I'll hold my arms out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just give out a nice uh, call. <laughs> And just stand there and wait for a bird to perch are, are on Are you me. waiting for tons of them to perch on you to fly away? I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to say no to that question, but one will suffice. All right, give me uh, animal handling. Six. So you kind of like stand still and you call like a crow and uh, nothing seems to happen. They all just kind of look at you and tilt their heads. Uh, I'm going to uh, keep my T-pose that I'm doing, <laughs> but I'm going to... Look over my shoulder at Finch and say, "Yeah, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna come to me." Uh, okay. Well, um, I think I might need your help here. Uh, maybe you can just sit at that desk, and I'm just gonna try and gather what we can, what we can, and let's try and get things in a matter of importance, and and see if there's any pressing matters we really need to attend to. And I'm gonna start trying to whistle a tweet, 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 tweet. <laughs> All right, give me an handle handling check. With advantage, mm -hmm. because they see PVAC on your shoulder. Nice. That is a 20. All right. You take hold of one, and you find a report. Okay. Let's see what this first one says. <laughs> Hi, Captain Gates. Birthday is coming up. We are planning to have an event at the end of the Fall Quantal to celebrate it. This is a surprise party, so keep it quiet. Hope you can make it Captain Bridges' gatekeeper. All right, we can, uh, <laughs> we're just not going to worry about this one. Uh, I'll put that in the not important pile. Yeah. <laughs> and at this point, I'm just sitting at whatever desk, uh, setting up some sort of filing system. All right, so as you go through this process, you collect several letters. <laughs> oh, boy. And it takes a couple hours, but you eventually you do. You want me to read all these? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a couple hours, but you eventually do get, as you know, all of them. Or not all of them, but... The this, top top this, dog. This These will be the highlights. This of the is montage. the narrative. This is the narrative version of yeah. you getting a lot of messages, yeah. and you can you can share reading them if you want. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm gonna sit here and read them all. I guess, right? <laughs> but we, we are collecting donations for charity for families of Gamor and Laron. Their recent catastrophes from the last year have left many of the families in financial stress. If you are able, please send what you can with your next post. Visit Rachel Aaron's community manager. Okay. Uh, Go ahead and put that one in the not-so-important pile. Gotcha. <laughs> Charity order. Ouch. Not important. I'm looking... <laughs> and whose fault was that? <laughs> I'm expecting way more, way more intense stuff still. All right, let's see what this one says. Uh, 
We have received troubling reports that there have been attacks on outposts by an unknown shadow entity. Requesting all outposts to evacuate and head to Gamor. Be safe on your travels. Command. Trust no one. Hi, Captain Gate. Uh, that was a little late, but pretty important. Um, I'll put it in the middle. Just going to highlight... I, I almost want to keep that one for, like, saving my own hand because it says trust no one. <laughs> <laughs> see? I was just following orders, Cap. <laughs> All right, let's see. You. Ja- uh, sorry, real quick. Uh, do any of these have actual dates on them or just references to time? Like this one said, like, the fall quantal or whatever. Just references to time, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, next one. Jeremy Humbridge has been relieved from duty due to his hostile actions towards others. Do not let this man onto any Crimson Command campus. Captain Gate, Jeremy Humbridge. Keep this one uh, kind of up there. Well, I only have two piles. Don't forget. Well, Is it important or not? Let's go with the important pile for now. Okay. Uh, do, you, do you know this guy? I don't, but uh, if he's unfriendly against the Crimson Command, he's someone we should know. Let the record show that Ryan literally has two piles <laughs> here. Yeah, I'm doing this my job. Not narrative, it's literal. <laughs> there are two piles <laughs> in front of him. All right. Uh, let's see, next one. Raises will be delayed this year as Gamora is still under renovations from the darkness attack. Thank you for your understanding. All right. Uh, not important. <laughs> not important. Gotcha. This is uh, about more than money. All right, let's see. Eric Green has been promoted to Master at Arms in Gamore. Uh, I don't think I know Eric Green. Um, not yeah. important it yeah. is. Okay. <laughs> we got a real big not important pile over here. Just so you know. <laughs> All right, here we go. A Rodanian ship was spotted north of Windstrafe Keep in the Bay. It stopped briefly and let out four armed men. Not sure of the nature of this unit but they did seem to be on some sort of hostile mission. Keep an eye out. Jay Knightsey, Scout of Lunalia. Keep that one in the important pile, Felomir. Okay. Keep that one on top. I will shuffle everything around. and <laughs> <laughs> Not that I uh, have to, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then put that one on top of the important pile. Yeah, I was going to be like, why? <laughs> the sound of importance. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, the Eastern Bridge Outpost, number 51, renovations. Eastern Bridge to Radana Outpost is currently being moved from the east side of the bridge's entrance to the west side. Uh, the new tower will also be about 10 feet taller to see over the recent Radanian toll entrance structure. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I'm sorry. I, start, I was like, this one seems kind of not that important because it's just about renovations, but... Starting to get the idea that Rodana is going to be a problem. Uh, you know, let's just say I said some of this out loud. Well, yeah. who, who is that one? Uh, this is from Rokar, Master Scout of <laughs> Solana? Solaria? Solaria. Yes, from... Oh, Rokar. Okay, yeah, I remember Rokar. Oh, I remember that name. Yeah, yeah he was... I uh, went through, you know, boot camp with him and Bren. Right. Well, at least he's doing okay. Um, keep this one in the more important stuff. Um, okay. Did you choose that it was important just because you knew the dude that wrote it, <laughs> or is it actually important? <laughs> well, well part, part of my part of my vision, Philomir. Let me so, so you know where my thought process is with this one. Um, I think Rodana is is a problem. Helltrain made it quite clear that they are almost they're they're their own imbalance. They're hell bent and more bent on 
taking over Asus. And uh, yes, they are rather um, aggressive, historically speaking. So just knowing where you know a tower or something like that that might could help us. Let's uh, let's let's move along. Do you know where this is located? What city? No. Okay. Uh, wait, important well, it is. <laughs> maybe I could. Maybe I would, because I'm from there, kind of. Kind of I'm just born there, huh? Not really like from you would, there. Would you like to give me a history check? Sure. Sixteen. Uh, so with that, you know that the eastern bridge is the bridge that connects the the big island that wrote that the Rodanian nation is on to Telavastro. So you're familiar with it because it's just south of Tempia, the capital city of Telavastro. Okay, so this is like, it's not in a city, it's on the continent yeah. of Solaria? So there are two right. giant bridges that connect Rodana to the other continents of Solaria. One that goes towards Televastral, and then one that goes to Andron. And these are like really large bridges. And it sounds like this outpost is on the Televastral side of that bridge. Yes, it's the bridge that connects the Rodana to Televastral. Oh, yes, yes, of course, right. Uh, yeah, important it is. Okay, let's see. We got one, another one here. Uh, someone took the last bit of my birthday cake from cold storage, and I'm quite angry about it. If the person will come forward about it and apologize, it would ease things for me. Otherwise, I will be hunting you down. Jerry, well, Wall Watch? What? Jerry, oh, Jerry from the Wall Watch. Get over it, Jerry. Why that- would you have to send a letter <laughs> away from your outpost to deal with this problem? Maybe you should compare Upper that to something else. Is it important or not? <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to say that was not so important, Velomir. It sounds pretty fucking important to me. <laughs> Done. It ends with, I'll be hunting you down. <laughs> Filed away perfectly. <laughs> well, what's next? I reserve the right to go back over any of these. <laughs> All right. All right. I think this is uh, the last one I've got out of this uh, batch, at least. Uh, let's see title on this one southern desert outpost uh, number 113 recruits needed a group of trolls from the crumbling wilds attacked the outpost we lost two scouts requesting two new recruits for patrols of the lost path from here to ladreldon's border we have been seeing some activity on the border and need to keep an eye on it but these trolls are causing some havoc frederick robbins outpost commander all right that one's definitely important. Let's keep that one, too. Okay. Crumbling Wilds, huh? Do the Crumbling Wilds or the Lost Path mean anything to me? You can give me a history check. 13. The Crumbling Wilds seem familiar to you, but you don't know anything about the Lost Path. Uh, the Crumbling Wilds is the forest to the northeast of Ladrelden. Oh, I guess some stuff's happening in Ladrelden, huh? Sounds like it. Sounds like we got some stuff happening in a couple different spots. Indeed. Uh, well, is that all you've managed to capture? Look around. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's about all of them. And as you're looking around and looking for more birds, you are then interrupted by a scream outside the walls of the compound. You look to the gate, and the two sentinels look at each other, discuss, and then one points. The other runs in that direction while the other stands guard. Well, that doesn't sound good. Is the direction... Like, it came from... Is there, like, a wall blocking me between it? Yeah. Is there any way on top of that wall or, like... It's a 10-foot wall, so, I mean, if you want to try and jump it, sure. Is it at, like, a, a corner where I could do, like, some free-running, like... Sure. Bah, 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 bah. Sure, it's close to the corner. I'm going to take off towards the corner. Okay. You want to give me an acrobatics check to try and... <laughs> up the wall? <laughs> <laughs> it's a 
12. All right. Uh, you get about halfway, and you grab hold with your hands, like your fingertips, and then they just slip, and you fall to the ground. Damn. <laughs> While he's doing that, I'm going to gather up all of the papers okay. and just kind of tuck them away. I'll keep them on me. I'm not going to put them in the desk. Okay. And then I'm going to walk over to the gate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try one more time. All right. Are you walking or running to the gate, Felomir? I'm walking. Okay. Probably slower than normal. Okay. 15. 15. All right. This time you get all the way up and you get your hands to the side. You bring like a pull up up uh-huh. and you can get your chin above the wall. I'll need an athletics check to get yourself further unless you just want to hold there. Oh, we're going. <laughs> I think it's 16. All right. Uh, you pull yourself up to the wall and bring your butt up onto it and then swing your legs across. And while you're up there, you look, you see the Sentinel has run to this alleyway. And there's a bunch of people all around, so you can't really see what's going on exactly. You just see the top of the Sentinel's gold helmet, and they are crowded around the entrance to this alleyway. Well, I guess I'll hop down and run over there. All right. You hop down and run over there, and then you see Felomir exit the compound of the gate, walking slowly. And we, like, meet up in, like, the same spot. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you get to the crowd before he does, but you're trying to figure out a way in to get a better look. And then he does eventually catch up to you while you're trying to find that move. As you do make your way through the crowd and look at what's going on, you see a bloody mess. It looks like two bodies had been torn open and apart. Onlookers gag and turn away as they walk out of the crowd. The Sentinel investigates the body and then looks up at a wall on the side that you approach from. And you can't really see what he sees, but he turns from the wall and looks at you, Finch, and he points his golden spear at you. Sir, I'm going to have to ask you to come with me. What for? What are you talking about? You're under arrest. No, why, why, why? you can't just put me under arrest. What for? What's going on here? For the murder of these two people. Down on your knees. I was just in the keep. You saw me. He like steps forward and like you can see his uh, knuckles turn white as he takes grip of the spear. I step back and put my hand on my bow. Whoa, well, hold on now. Let's start. Let's get a little explanation here. I'm going to walk in between the two of them. You walk with Kurgle through the city streets of Chandelin. A light rain started as you left the medical ward. And by the time you reach the gate of the Wizard's Rainbow compound into the Gold District, it is a pretty heavy downpour. But thankfully, with Astra's city secrets ability, even in the rain, you are able to easily and quickly find your way. You travel in the rain for about an hour by foot, dodging carriages raging through the streets, flocks of people being bunched up covering their heads from the rain. But eventually you make it a gated area with a temple building inside. The gated area is rectangular where the temple is, but there's a long gated path from the road to the temple as well. The gate is wide open as if they accept visitors. I'll look at Kath and just go forward. Well, is this is this a place? Yeah, this is it. Wow, it looks pretty big. I've never seen a temple like this. Let's see what the inside looks like. The narrow path leading to the temple has 11 statues, six on the left, five on the right. As you look over these statues, it starts with Heltron and Himeran at the beginning, then Adamo and Exodolu, and continues with all the guardians until the end. The 11th statue, however, does not look familiar to you. It is also not made of stone like the others. It is made of iron. And despite the vines and greenery growing onto its base, it looks brand new. You would have assumed the iron would have rusted a little by now. The statue is of what you assume to be an angel with wings spread out, muscular and toned and holding a large decorated greatsword. A plaque is hidden behind the greenery on the base. Oh, look at the plaque. Okay. You pull back some vines and you read, 
The folly of man brings forth an evil. Only that of the gods has the right to rule. And as you finish reading this aloud, you hear metal bend and creak. You look up and see the greatsword being brought down on you. Give me initiatives. Up first is Kurgle. She, scared seeing this happen, pulls her flintlock and aims at the statue and shoots. (laughs) Classic Kurgle. She does hit the statue. And it does like dent the iron, but doesn't like go inside of it and it ricochets out. I won't say it goes at any of you, but it did, you know, do that. And she says, all right guys, give me a second. I gotta reload. <laughs> hey everyone! It'd be so dope if she made that shot and it ricocheted, and no one thought anything of it. And then, like six turns later, it comes back. <laughs> and then she steps back about twenty feet while she starts to reload her flintlock. And then we are on to the statue, which attacks you, Keth, with its surprise attack for a twenty-four. It's a hit. 12 slashing damage. Wait, it attacks twice on its turn. This one is a 12, so I assume that's a miss. That is a miss. And then we are on to Keth, but it was a surprise round on you, Keth, so we're going to skip your turn. (laughs) And then we're on to you, Astra. Knew this was a trap, and I'm going to cast a level 4 chromatic orb of lightning. All right, give me the spell attack. 20. 20 is a hit. So then the damage for the chromatic orb, which level did you say? Four. Four. So 68. A lot of lightning damage. 33. 33 lightning damage. And I'm going to throw it very angrily because I'm just annoyed. (laughs) You see lightning spread all over its iron hull, and you can see it actually kind of crack as the electricity expands the metal, and it doesn't have anywhere to go. And then we're going to move back to the top of the order with Kurgle, who is loading her flintlock this turn. All right, guys, I'm almost ready. <laughs> Take <your> time. <laughs> Not the, fight the statue or anything. And then the statue swings its greatsword at you twice. For a 27? Yep. And a 14? Nope. And that is going to be... 13 slashing damage. And then it pulls back its sword and readies for your attack in a defensive way. And it is your turn, Kef. All right, uh, I'm going to rage. All right. And then I'm going to attack it with my Warhammer. All right, give me the attack. First attack is not a hit. Second attack is probably not a hit either. 13 and 12. Those are both misses. Uh, so you swing wildly with your hammer after getting hit with that great sword twice, and you just you can't focus on the attack. Did you say you raged? Mm-hmm. And then after, Keth, you're on to Astra. Um, I'm going to do the exact same thing. All right. Level four chromatic board. I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm very pissed. Uh, 26. 26 is a hit. 37. 37 lightning damage uh lightning spreads all over this iron hole and it collapses the iron into just rubble all over the ground you have killed it 
I'm just going to look around. You look around angrily, and then you look to the temple doors, and the temple doors burst open, and you see a man walk out with a long gray beard, and he says, Oh, no, not here, too. Hopefully, Hopefully see you, see you next, next year. Lorik's show ends. As the crowd disperses, you stand in shock and anger. Another festival missed. Another festival ruined by your arch nemesis, Lorik. As you see him in the distance on stage with his supporting musicians gathering their gear, you stand unable to move a muscle. Lorik stops, though. He turns and admires his audience leaving, and several people are around the stage throwing flowers and asking for his autograph. He walks over to them from the stage and then sees you in the distance. He puts a huge smile on and waves at you. Of course. Then he puts up a finger as to say, hold on, wait a minute, I'll be right there. He looks excited to see you. You watch as he signs autographs and then rushes towards the back of the stage. Looks like he is coming to say hello, but you have lost sight of him as he exits the stage. Of course, because we're both gnomes, right? (laughs) Well, he's a halfling. Well, fucking, he's a short person. (laughs) He's like a half person. Is there anything you'd like to do in this moment? Well, uh, what I was going to do, or what was happening while I was seeing Lorik receive all of his praise and his roses and his admiration, like, a single, like, genuine tear just rolls down Dort's face, and he's just like, and then when he makes eye contact, uh, with Lorik, he just kind of like tries to reset, and now he's just trying to find him okay. in the audience. The crowd is mostly dispersed, but like after a large concert, there are some stragglers that are just kind of talking amongst themselves. And then you hear, Hi, Dorif. You turn around quickly as it sounded like it was behind you and whispered right into your ear. Oh my God. But no one is there. Excuse me? No, 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 no. Someone in this crowd knows who I am, and I'm going to find them. Who said that? Where are you going, Dorif? Right in your ear again from behind. You turn around quickly, and no one is there. Dude, have y'all ever seen Hereditary? <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> this, this is like the fucking... <laughs> who? Who is that? You then see Lorik approaching from about 200 feet away. He's waving and jogging your way. I'm literally going to stand there in silence and just look at him as he just slowly makes his way like that scene in fucking Monty Python. (laughs) And then like I'll look away and turn back and he's just like right in my face. Then you hear as if the sound was bouncing all around you like audio was panning from left to right quickly in headphones. I will follow you in the shadows and follow the soft scent of your hair. You look panicked. What is happening? I will watch your cheeks shine from the back of the crowd and dream of the day that I can have you as my own. And at that moment, (laughs) my face will just, like, run cold. This sound feels right next to you, but you cannot find the source. Lorik is still jogging your way. So, Doroth recognizes that phrase, right? Yes. Shit. I will take your hand as my own and smother you with my love once you are mine. I've traveled the world. How did you find me? You begin turning around frantically looking for the source. You see Lorik stop and tilt his head in curiosity. Then you lose sight of him as a large group of people walks between you two. But this person speaking is still filling your ears with their voice. 
the day we meet, I will capture your heart as you have captured mine. And then you are blinded by a sack over your head. A hand covers your mouth to stop you from screaming. An arm wraps around you, and then you feel a prick in your arm. The last thing you hear before you pass out is... (laughs) (laughs) What was it? Love and tickling kisses. And that's where our episode will end. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Man. As soon as you said it, I'll get back to you, Dorothy. I was like, something's happening to me. Yeah, you're getting kidnapped again.